Hello, and welcome to the PC Gamer Podcast. This is episode 25, and I'm your host, Phil Savage, joined by... Andy Kelly. And... No. No. Um, we should be joined by Tom Senior in a second, but he's got some work to do, so... But he will be joining... So if you hear a sudden noise, that's the door opening, and that's Tom entering the pod. Yeah. Uh, we'll, Chat pod. I'm sure it won't be subtle or <laughs> yeah. easily missed. Um Right, we've actually been playing some games this week, mm. unlike last week, which I listened to, and was I'm quite happy that you. I'm quite excited by Worlds of Drift based on what you said. I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, uh, that was the only person that played a game really, <laughs> or a new, yeah, a new one. So uh, yeah, we've but we've played some damn games. Yeah, uh, including uh, Forza Horizon Three, which I've been getting on with this week, um, which will be out next Tuesday, twenty seventh. Yep. Yeah, uh, and is really damn good like mm. uh, Forza Horizon's been one of my favourite racing series for quite a while and here we go there's the there's door Tom and we're also joined by it is I Tom Senior <laughs> master of punctuality With a giant can of energy yep that's what I got down here so quickly it was really on time for the podcast and a fresh haircut <laughs> and a fresh, yeah. truly prepped for this pod absolutely okay anyway cool. sorry as we were saying Forza Horizon 3 one of the one of the three games we'll be talking about today um, I've actually I've provided I've, I've I've created a list feature for this uh, wow. because I think one of the things you've got to talk about when you talk about Forza Horizon Three uh, before we get on to all the things that it does right and well is the tone of Forza Horizon Three <laughs> yeah. and what is I think uh, an opening that de- defined by a cavalcade of douchebags. <laughs> it's it's just. They're awful, terrible people. Like the four, the general concept is it's this festival of uh, kind of hateful millennials. Yeah, that create like a mixed sort of music and car based festival yeah. where it's they like take Burning Man with cars. Meet, yeah. meets Reading Festival, <laughs> and they sort of take over this city and they drive really fast around the streets and you just think well, this is this is sort of dangerous and yeah. bad. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> It's the Horizon Festival, and mm. this time you are the the person who runs it. Yeah, this time you're in charge. Uh, unlike there's like a weird kind of arc to Horizon, like the, the Horizon Law, which I am deep into. <laughs> you're in wiki. Horizon One, yeah. you're just like some nobody. You sort of drifts in, and you have to. There's there's like each stage is kind of a boss encounter against uh, a massive prick, <laughs> and you beat this series of bell ends until you become head bell end. Yeah, and then Forza Horizon Two, you kind of you're you're an established name, uh, and you're kind of under the wing of this guy called Ben who is a hateful, hateful prick. Oh, yeah, the trust fund kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some twat. He's just always calling He's, like, really patronising. He's like, oh, well done, mate. You did a really yeah. good race there. I'm still better. And uh, at the end of that, he kind of hands off the festival to you for some yeah. random reason. It's and so weird they've got, like, a, an arc and a, <laughs> a running storyline. Like really bizarre. Games are so obsessed with, like, increasing your... Uh, standing it's like i don't want to run a festival uh, you know i don't want to be my f- yeah my favorite thing off running live aid i just want to mm. race in it my favorite thing about forza horizon 3 is that there's a character called warren who is an australian who is actually like i checked because i was i, I thought it was the same voice actor as ben who is english just sort of putting on an australian accent because it sounds that bad but no it's a genuine native australian oh, wow. doing the voice 
but because he sounds exactly like this character putting on an accent, I just assumed Ben had had a sort of breakdown after he'd given up this <laughs> festival that he'd put so much time and effort into. Yeah. And he'd kind of created this alter ego as an Australian engineer and everyone's kind of keeping him around because it's like, oh, well, we can't kick him out. Because We can put that on the uh, Fan Theories wiki page on the Forza Law. That's definitely it. I think uh, this is this is my yeah. established canon yeah, for Forza Horizon. <laughs> these games is that they, they invent uh, a whole kind of thing about around cars that doesn't really exist yeah, that couldn't exist because of laws and maybe safety. that's why they do it but the like, idea of a, a, a country-wide car fest was probably what car people dream of I, I yeah imagine. like there's kind of <laughs> there, there, there's almost an established kind of an interesting fantasy around that but the way they kind of pile on the aspirational aspects mm. i just find incredibly hateful and an example of this is you skipped over this we watched you start it play play through the beginning of the game earlier andy um you skipped over the nicknames pile when you're picking your name because characters or the, especially the robot lady who is your gps and also an ai maybe uh. I think I saw this. Can't you call yourself stuff like El Pollo Diablo and like? Uh, yeah. So here we go. Like, like, that, um, yeah. Here are in increasing uh, order the some of the douchiest names <laughs> that you can be called by an AI in Forza yeah. Horizon Three. Number ten, bro. Just plain, <laughs> oh, plain, gosh. simple, bro. Number nine, bra. Bra. Oh, like B A B R A H. Like a more casual, bro, bro. bro. Yeah. Hey, bra. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's pretty douchey. Mm. Uh, number eight, Master Chief. Uh, if you really want to live that fantasy Microsoft of being Master Chief in a car, but yeah. also you're just some bloke because you pick your character. Uh, number seven, Bromeo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this gets worse. You're right. You've, you've ordered as well. <laughs> <laughs> We've got fucking six to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, okay, so there's some random ones. Like, number six, Mr. President, uh, which. Uh, it, that could become much worse come November, depending on how. Yeah. <laughs> Number five, Prime Minister. Uh, why? What? Why would you want to be called these things by a GPS? Number four, nicknames you can choose: sausage. Uh, that's quite, I, quite funny. I like, that, but... I like the idea of it earnestly calling you sausage throughout. <laughs> I might pick that one. That sounds brilliant. Number three, my lord. <laughs> that's funny. If you want, that's, that's funny. I if like you want that. an AI lady to call you my lord throughout the car game. <laughs> That can happen. That might be the one I pick now. Actually, these are brilliant. You, you've you've started the terrible <laughs> ones and got out of the amazing ones. Number two, a Broham Lincoln. All oh, right. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's gone it's bad again. Yeah. And number one, the worst thing that an AI lady in Forza Horizon Three can call can can refer to you as is Bantosaurus Rex. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Why? That was a simultaneous. Oh my god! That, <laughs> was, such was the that was, uh, synchronized. Well chosen number one. Discussed. Man. Yeah. That's, so that's bad. Uh, that is just a taste of. You can also just be called Andy. Yeah. Like, that's that's, what I did. Yeah. It's quite. I like when games do that. It's quite. It's still the novelty. Still quite fun when that ref, refers to you by name. Does it in the dirt games as well? Doesn't mm. it? It's, it's yeah. kind of weird because you go through that effort and then for the most part your main contact on comms just calls you boss throughout it yeah. like whatever because it would have been too hard to get yeah. all the characters you can't have all the characters yeah. Yeah. we're kind of lucky because we're Andy, Tom and Phil these are quite common names mm. yeah. what if you're called Romeo and your only yeah. option is bro <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you just screwed them well, your name is Bot uh, Bot is in there of course they thought of the memes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it I yeah I put a bit of it and first impressions after 40 minutes is it's the tone is annoying and obnoxious mm. but it's got a sort of nice energy about it it's so yeah. rapidly f 
ferries you between things to do. Yeah, uh, that's especially true of the opening. Um, yeah. I think more than previous Force Horizon games, and possibly because it's the first time that people on PC can play it. Like yeah. the progression of the opening is very kind of handholdy. But the rest uh, of the it, it does quite, show you like yeah. here. Okay, here are the things you do, and it takes you through that. But then it does open up, and it becomes the open world. So it starts and, with a tasting menu, mm, then you go into the proper. You just you, then you go to yeah. the buffet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is that a helpful analogy? <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you can have it. Yeah. Um, and the, there is, it's just as well because there are more things to do in this one. Uh, mm. like established races and championships are sort of a big thing in the series. Force Horizon 2 was basically a progression of championships. It was just a case of you've got to complete 12 in a row of whatever type they are and then you get onto the, the final thing. Whereas here... Because you're in charge, it's it's your festival, as as it likes telling you. Mm. Um, you. The progression is you've got to earn fans, and you do that by just doing stuff. And that can be a race, it can be something on the bucket list, which are like these standalone challenges where they give you a car for a specific task that you've got to complete. Um, or just like stunt jumps, and they've got things like that in there, stunt jumps and like the drift zone, so it's got a bit of like that Dirt 3 Gymkhana stuff in uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, so it's kind of <clears throat> typical Forza Horizon, which is to say this kind of very... It's not full arcade in the in the sense that Burnout is. Um, I think the easiest comparison is something like uh, Grid or Dirt, like Codemaster game-style driving. It's simmy. It's got the, those elements to it, but there is quite a, a, like an arcade through line. It's very sort of egalitarian it's not it's not like i racing or these or even dirt rally which is a, a very sort of simulatory difficult things like yes you can be in a very fast ferrari on the sand just yeah tooling around and that's kind of fine you just pick pick the car you want for the race you want and have fun but there are off-road vehicles and there's, there are, yeah, there's there are, those weird um these new combination things that are like an australian uh car culture thing of a combination of like a pickup truck and a yeah, car what yeah, they yeah. Call, um, I think they call them like oh, a, a, there's a just like an they? extreme off-road category that's got some yeah. of that stuff in because you can pick one of them as your like starting vehicle mm. and it's yeah it's it's, yeah, there's it's the tie um, in the whole Australian vibe isn't it off-road stuff and, and there's ra just rally cars and yeah. uh, you know every type mm. of car that me somebody who isn't that into cars can imagine Yeah, which is not that many cars admittedly but there are lots here um, and it's good because like there are, it's a very varied um, set of trains and like environments. Forza Horizon 2's thing was it was around Europe and it was just you were going to different styles of European town basically with countryside in the middle. Here, like one of the race festivals is the outback and it's just all sand and sand dunes and mm. dirt tracks. There's some rainforest <clears> in there. There's a beach. Uh, there's a city. All, all the environment types you could want to race on, really. I've heard there's less... All four of them. In, yeah, I've heard there's less invisible walls as well. You can be a bit more off, off the yeah, uh Yeah, like, generally speaking, it's heavily checkpointed <clears throat> in races because almost any point, like, outside of the city and any sort of urban area, um, you could just point your car in a direction and go and uh, <clears throat> just take, like, as the crow flies route. Yeah. Uh, and some of the challenges do kind of build into that. Um, what's really the great thing about that is, like, it's genuinely a lot of fun just 
grabbing any sort of car and taking it out into the you know a field or a big bit of desert and just tooling around over jumps yeah. and stuff and that builds into the skill system which is another progression element which is as you do things like near misses or jumps or you know even smacking into destructible things you get points and they build and they combo uh, and if you crash properly like if you actually hit something that will stop you that chain is broken and you lose yeah. all the points but That's, if anyone's played the project gotham racing games right it's the same yeah. system and it's really satisfying seeing all these numbers tick yeah up exactly it's just keep your speed and keep the racing line and yeah, it's, it was really like and you know like it, it starts to shake and get really kind of uh, exaggerated as you build it up and it's like oh yeah. this is really exciting i'm doing well but then also there's the risk of you could fuck it up at any moment yeah and that's that just good. really good that's like a yeah that turns driving between things and a game itself. yeah and it, it really it, it's why the open world is justified <clears throat> beyond just having lots of stuff in there it's like you can fast travel but i've never once used fast travel because it's fun just getting yeah. between two places like you can turn that into a little mini game for yourself um it's just a really well constructed kind of open world environment loads of stuff to do I mean, I'm not a huge car fan, but I do like a good racing game, and uh, like the Horizon series has consistently just scratched that itch. Forza handling is, of all the driving games, even this this sort of slightly arcadified version mm. of it is still, I think, the best in the business in terms of uh, the feeling of weight. Like it's a, a remarkable how they do it, how Turn Ten and how Playground is it? Uh, Playground games, yeah, yeah they do how they make the act of pushing forward on a little rubber stick feel like you're moving a heavy object it's, uh, mm. it's just some some voodoo that they've, they've mastered i think that yeah makes it one of the best feeling racing games so it's great to see it on pc finally. yeah 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 and i've had some I've had variable variable like experiences with the performance on pc mm. um my home pc which is like a 6600 uh, k cpu I5, yeah yeah uh 970 gtx it runs brilliantly like stick the frame rate lock on 60 mm. um turn everything to ultra except maybe a couple of things yeah. and it'll run on 1920 by 1080 no problem completely smoothly and consistently and it's fantastic when it does like yeah. i've been because uh xbox code was available before pc code i had to play on the xbox one version for like a week before uh and i mean that's fine but the difference between running it on an Xbox One and running it at 60 frames per second is just, yeah. it's worlds apart. It's, it just adds to the feeling of speed, doesn't it? Yeah, as well? so smooth. So, yeah. just mate, is it like you can't go back? Yeah. I, I literally can't go back now. Yeah, there's there's like a sort of, um, it's got this curious dynamic graphic settings thing that you can enable where mm. it will supposedly keep maintain your frame rate by on the fly turning off graphic effects. So, if your frame rate's threatening to dip, it'll like on the fly turn down like, um, I don't know, an aliasing or whatever. Yeah, um, it didn't really shadows, make any difference to me on, a, and I was playing it on an on an i seven something, not one, not a Skylake, basically mm. not a new i seven, like a, a three year old i seven GTX nine seven, and it ran mostly fine, but I had to knock a lot of it down to high. But yeah. it's, it's it's quite demanding. Um, if you've got like a ten series Nvidia card, and you're all of, set, aren't you? You'll yeah. be getting the the best out of it. And there's a there's a brilliant photo mode. Which is a game full of such amazing car models. You can just hold up on the D-pad, and you've got like a really featured, fully featured photo mod with aperture and uh, depth of field mm -hmm. and yaw and everything you can imagine. So I'm going to be spending a lot of time taking pictures of 
I, I went for a puddle earlier and froze the camera, and he, there was in, I zoomed in, and there was individual water droplets on the Nissan yeah. badge of my car, and I was like, that's ridiculous. It's total car porn. So that's cool that that's in there. And um, yeah, I think, I guess one of the downsides is that for now, it's only on the Windows Store. Uh, I think, yeah, it's only on the Windows Store. And you say for now, I think it's going to remain only on the Windows Store. Quantum Break I know on Steam, but Quantum Break came on Steam, but yeah. that had no, like, that had no integration yeah. multiplayer wise. You have to upgrade Windows to play Forza because it uses yeah. uh, a lot of the inbuilt it's, game. It's got to use like the Play stuff. Anywhere thing, so you've got to be on the anniversary yeah. edition of Windows 10. It doesn't, I mean, the only problem with that is the the price might not shift as much as if it was on Steam, mm. but Windows Store games won't be as discounted as frequently or as quickly. But um, and the actual process of uh, launching it and running it is fine compared to Quantum Break, which was a bloody nightmare. Like, that was yeah. horrible. Like, I, I thought that was the benchmark for what Windows 10 gaming was going to be like. Luckily, Forza is way more optimized and, you know, it just works, you know. One thing, Windows 10 games still can't do true full screen. No. So, you, I mean, that can affect frame rate. Like, if you, a lot of, a lot of games, if you're in, like, full screen windowed versus proper full screen at all. So I wonder if they said they were going to be adding that. So I wonder it's if still were. a feature, yeah. And like, yeah. there's a few features still. I think they're still t- tinkering with UWP and what yeah. what they can do. Um, you're right, that can affect performance, but I'm not uh, in this case, though. To be honest, me, yeah. I'd much rather it be locked to um, just non-exclusive. What borderless, window borderless, borderless yeah, 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 than than exclusive because yeah. might want to set up. I've got to alt tab out sometimes. Yeah. Some long loading screens every now and again. Yeah. So yeah. Forza Horizon 3, good. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, so the multiplayer kind of features like? So uh, there are, are many and varied multiplayer features. Like if you, if you just want to get into a race lobby, you can do that. Um, generally speaking, you get into a, a lobby and you go through a series of events. There's like weird stuff like infected where you've got to hit a car while you're infected uh, to infect them. Like tag. Like car how, tag. Yeah, like car tag um, and races and stuff like that. Or, but there's also now uh, a co-op campaign option where you can joint run a festival. You know, someone else can drop in and they can do events and you can do events. And it means like if you can't be asked doing the drift challenges because you're bad at drifting, you can just invite a friend who's good at it in. And they can, yeah. <laughs> Come in and save me. I think there is one of the nicknames is Drift Lord or something like that. <laughs> so just find someone who calls themselves Drift Lord, invite them yeah. into your game and they can do all those. Nice. Sounds great. Yeah. And um, like beyond the actual multiplayer, there's, there's kind of a multiplayer element in single player as well. In that, um, Forza uses a thing that they call driver tar, which, I mean, you can take a moment to appreciate that word <laughs> if you want. But what it means is that it creates an AI behavior profile based on how you play, and then seeds that into other people's games. So I've got. OXM's Matt Castle just sort of razzing around. Yeah, you see them just as you're driving around. Yeah, you see them going and, by. And yeah. um, like if they're on their friends list or if they're in a club that you're in, in which is like the clan or the guild system, um, they tend to be pulled into your game more frequently. So mm. yeah, you just see them about. And you can challenge them as well to add them to your like. Yeah, you can. Yeah, they're, they're like they're, they're sure a slightly new rival system where you can set a time and yeah, challenge them, or it will automatically challenge you based on friends uh, who have done something faster than you. It all sort of you can 
click the rival's menu and it will say, yeah, this person's beat you at this. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's got that uh, thing Just Cause had as well, where you see it in the bottom, you're like, oh, mm. you're, you're like inches away from beating someone on your friend list drift, so you try and push it a little bit harder. And that that's, again, more things to do as you're driving between races. Yeah. A um, layer of, like, meta game. The yeah. thing that I've not mentioned so far is, like, how... <clears throat> how the kind of varying lengths and commitment that each type of challenge has really does, and the number of layered progression systems really does make it very easy to play it for hours at a time. Like, it's you're always close to unlocking something because you've either got enough fans to upgrade a site which unlocks more um, races and challenges and things, or create a new site, or do a showdown challenge or you've got almost enough xp to level up and get a wheel spin which just gives you free money or free cars each time you level up or you've got enough uh skill stuff to unlock one of the skill things on a board that you pick and choose from that there's so much going on that it's kind of very easy to just fall down the forza hole and suddenly it's 4am and you're in your pants and you haven't eaten for six hours that's my plan this weekend yeah i'm gonna cane it with the driver tower thing, if I drive like an idiot and just crash into other cars all the time, will my demented ghost appear and well, start fucking up other people's games? No, this is the thing. I'd, I'd be interested to see how my driver tower acts. There's yeah. no real way to tell what hmm. you're doing, but like, I've not noticed. I guess the best that you, I can say about the system is like, it doesn't always feel like every. I don't know if you ever played the Gran Turismo series on PlayStation, but the AI with that, would every every car would just act the same way. And it was like there was a little line that followed each mm-hmm. other perfectly and they would always stick perfectly to the... And it does kind of push against a bit that there's a bit more variety in Forza. But again, generally, everybody is... All the AI is kind of effective. Mm. And um, so I don't really know what the limits of that system are. Like, I've not seen anybody just behave like a lunatic. Like sometimes they're a bit more aggressive and they're more likely to ram into you or like defend their driving line. Um, but generally, like no one's driving backwards or just doing yeah. barrel rolls over uh, a hill. Or we'll make my driver tar the first. <laughs> the, the worst driver. Can tar. we make the worst driver tar in? Well, maybe you should. Uh, we could test that. You could uh, drive very badly, yeah. and I could find your driver tar in, in my game, and I see can it follow does. it and see how it behaves. Yeah. It was- Oh, and we could figure out whether it's just a, a, a gimmick that isn't actually isn't doesn't do anything. It's just yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's weird, yeah. like you can change the skill of the AI as well. Like you can just set okay, well I I want uh, you know skilled difficulty or mm. uh, easy going or whatever. You pick a difficulty level and the driver tiles file in based on that. Yeah. But if they're on your friends list, they'll still be in there anyway. And it's yeah. like, well, what does this mean? Like, I, I don't know. I just don't know how the system works. It's very, it's very opaque, and I think that's that sort of lets them kind of claim that it's this big thing without yeah. really justifying it too much. But I have noticed a few people tend to because because I'm playing it pre-release, I'm getting a lot of the same people in over and over again, and I see a lot of names. And some of them do tend to sort of get to the front of the pack, yeah, more often. Um, mm, yeah, like it's quite good in that the, it does sort of naturally generate. Um, uh, establish like it establishes rivalries just based on it picking the same name and you seeing the same names over and over again mm. and you thinking oh that guy I'm, yeah. I have to beat that guy because fuck <laughs> that guy and because it's all just AI mm. stuff happening none of the real 
people who this stuff are based on are aware that I despise them with every <laughs> yeah. fiber of my being because yeah. they caught me at the last corner of a particular race. Yeah. Not that that happens much because you can also rewind time in Forza Horizon, <laughs> yeah. like in the Dirt 2s and 3s. Not in like, multiplayer, though. Not in multiplayer. <laughs> and you can turn it off. It's one of those games where you can just set the assists and, yeah. uh, you know, um, handicaps that you want and you'll get rewarded extra yeah. XP for making it Some more medium difficult by for yourself. And that's got like ABS and stuff yeah. like that. But you can whack it all off if you want to go full hardcore. Whack it all that and you can give up your power to control time. Yeah. What's that drone mode thing? I, I don't have that unlocked yet. Uh, what happens is it's like photo mode but you just you know drone and you can go around the map and so, so you're not there's no barrier you can fly across the whole map. I, yeah as far as I could tell yeah I'm not I didn't run up I, I did a good old loop but yeah. also you're just sort of in a drone looking at things. It's That's like cool. I like that. So it's, it's a handsome map. You want to? Have it a, is a handsome. Yeah. You can look at it without seeing it speeding by at a million miles an hour. Very vibrant and yeah. yeah, yeah. Australia was a good pick. It's like weirder than Europe or I think it was Chicago it's, the first was it one. Colorado or Colorado. Yeah, it was. The began with the sea and it, it was, was like in America. A, yeah, it was like a sort of weird mini version of. I guess this is the same as they like all are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, all very caricature of the country. Yeah. But yeah, quite quite samey. The, the, those first two, like mm. it has jungles and beaches, and yeah, outback, a big plains. luminescent cave and yeah. shipwrecks and yeah, yeah, cool, very good game. I do recommend it uh, if you have a PC good enough to run it. I think uh, the plan is to release a demo soon after release. Yeah. So if you're sort of on the fence, and I'd really recommend looking at the system requirements and mm. i'd say even if like even if you're pushing minimum like you're not quite a recommended i'd wait for the demo and maybe download that just to yeah. test it because uh, it's not because it's unoptimized but because it is just very demanding and mm. it's one of those games where you know if you're unrecommended you may not that may that doesn't mean ultra that means you can probably play it on high and yeah but in five years time when you can run that game on ultra yeah. in 4k and it's on completely sale smooth five dollars off yeah <laughs> <laughs> on the windows store those good windows sales yeah cool okay uh so next up we've got andy talking about virginia mm. uh one of video gaming's continued efforts to remake twin peaks as a game yeah. um, but again as many games that have uh it's twin peaks inspiration it's no more than just some visual and thematic. Oh, it's uh, a bit weird. Yeah, it's got yeah. There's like some really overt. This is a Twin Peaks reference. Mm. I mean, there's a there's a bar that's called the Roadhouse, and a band plays okay. sort of a haunting fifties uh, music in it. You know, which you at one point sit and watch. It's pretty uh, There's the diner. You drink coffee and all that stuff. But there's some surreal dream sequences. That are a bit Lynchian, but mm. not really. It's in my. Does head, anyone lose their memory and gain super strength? No, okay. unfortunately not. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> yeah. And there's not a bit where a weasel bites a character on the nose, and the uh, yeah. God, what happened in the the latter half of Twin Peaks series two? Yeah, season two, Twin Peaks. But yeah, it's... um. So the, Virginia is uh. The at the end of the game, the credits say special thanks to Brandon Chung. And thirty flights of loving, mm. uh, which is reflected in the style, which is mini vignettes, you know, rapid fire scenes of things happening, lots of quick cuts, uh, which gives it a really like TV like feel. Where you like you wake up in the morning and you throw your legs out of the bed 
and then it will instantly cut to you in the car driving to Virginia and it will cut to you at the doorstep of the boy who went missing. It's that televisual energy, which is really good. Mm. Um, And it's about two FBI agents investigating a missing person's case. Um, It's never explained why the FBI were called in. That's one plot point that's left hanging, like, because in in Twin Peaks, the FBI is called in because the murderer, Laura Palmer, has shared similarities with the murder in another state. That's Mm -hmm. when the FBI get called in. I don't know why the FBI is investigating this missing boy in Virginia. Um, Maybe it's because the FBI is based in Virginia or near it. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't matter. That just, that really, that that niggled my brain a little bit. But the the reason that that's never made explicit is because nothing really is. It's a completely wordless game. There's no dialogue. And that's weird, but also it's amazing how much they convey with no dialogue. Um, you can the animation is super subtle and hand it's hand animated. You can tell that they've really spent ages on the fine details and the characters' faces. They're really stylized and almost minimalist in, in the expressions, but they still express. And through that, you learn. You know, you you get a sense of who the characters are, and they're actually some of the most like rounded, interesting characters despite never saying a word like you know there's characters that have a thousand lines of dialogue mm. and nowhere near as interesting as these two fbi agents um and it becomes sort of clear that the case is not that important um which disappointed me a little bit i was looking forward to a sort of police procedural but it's really like a character study disguised as a police procedural it's about the two main characters and their pasts um the main character Anne Tarver, is the partner of the other agent, Maria Halperin, and she's secretly spying on her for internal affairs. That's revealed very early on. That's like the premise where you're working this case together, but you're also keeping an eye on her because of some thing that you uncover about her past. So um, that's all cool. The story I really enjoyed for the most part. The wordless delivery of the story was just very incredibly done. You know, really quite amazing how they did that. But it's that heavily edited nature of it, of fast-paced, sort of nudging you breathlessly between scenes, like going, look at this, now look at this, really strips away your involvement uh, in a way that's much more so than a lot of other story-led games. So you think of Firewatch, there's tons of navigation using the map and compass, Mm. you know, exploring at your own pace. Even Dear Esther, you know, before you move on to the next bit, you can poke around the island a little bit and look around. Gone home, you can open drawers and there's you know, rudimentary find the key type puzzles. There's you know, you're there's involvement. You're moving around at your own pace, at your own le- you know, at your leisure. Whereas this there's no interaction besides the the you're in a scene and the object that will progress to the next scene is the only thing you can touch most of the time. So you've got like say you're in a big you you walk through this open plan FBI office, it looks like it looks brilliant, it looks like, you know, the X Files. It's mm. like nineties aesthetic, T V aesthetic. But there's nothing, you can't interact with any of it. There's all these computers and there's all these people and there's all these like documents and stuff. And you're like, oh, there's going to be loads of stuff in here to look and root around. Um, early on in the game, I found myself doing that, like looking everywhere. But you soon realize that the only thing that you can interact with is the thing that the character you need to speak to that starts the next scene. So that was a really, it's a really yeah. disappointing that it's, it reduces your interactivity like massively. Like there's story-led games are often accused of you know having no agency and being walking simulators a term i hate which i saw a lot of virginia reviews use mm-hmm. annoyingly but um but yeah this i mean if you criticized gone home for not being a game virginia really you know is not is is 
the most Spartan like interactivity you can imagine, which is can be fine. You know, I don't mind um, a, a really heavily story led game, but it just felt like I wasn't. The result of that was feeling like I wasn't the character. I felt like I was just sort of passively observing things happening rather mm. than taking part in them myself. Um, you don't get to make any decisions or anything like that. Um, so that that's the kind of disappointing thing about it is that it's <clears throat> a very minimal gaming experience. Um, and also the story, which starts out kind of promising and has a nice air of mystery about it really loses its shit towards the end and it gets very like heavy on the sort of um like symbolism and dream sequences get crazier and uh, reality starts drifting into the dreams and you don't know what's what and and uh, you know they've tried to go full lynch and do something very abstract and yeah. <clears throat> that you know poetic and and interesting like that but it just came across as a bit self-consciously let's be weird you know whether or not the developers were thinking like that as they wrote it. That's how it comes across. It's like, isn't this stuff weird that you're seeing? Here's a series of weird things. Does it relate to the case? You know, and and the sort of the the resolution of the case is sort of just dropped in the middle of a mad series series of sort of visual non sequiturs. Where you're like, What's, oh, that's what happened. Oh, anyway, move on to the <laughs> next weird thing. So yeah, it's just it didn't it, it didn't it, it's not an int- it's not a game that tells a story in a particularly interesting way i've seen a few sort of critics say oh it's a you know it's a um, you know it's an incredible um form of storytelling but it's really not like if you look at something like her story which yeah. is a genuinely subversive interesting new way of telling a video game story virginia really is just a series of you know cinematic events that you progress by finding the right thing to point at and touch um so i don't think it's particularly uh, an advancement of the medium or anything like that. I think it's just a, a very stylish, atmospheric, beautifully presented um, story that you sort of vaguely, but not quite, take part in. But it, it tells it very well. The, the sort of silent movie quality of it is really impressive, and the music is incredible. Like one of the best soundtracks I've heard in years. Like anyway. um, it came with my copy, and I've been listening to it a lot when I've been writing. It's really, really good. It mixes. It's um, rec- uh, performed by the Prague Philharmonic, so it sounds really lavish, and and it also incorporates a lot of like '90s TV music, like Mark Snow, Angelo Badalamenti stuff, like synthesizers and in, in that yeah. to kind of reinforce the the setting. But yeah, it's not if you're thinking like, oh, it's going to be Twin Peaks the game. It's not really mm-hmm. like it's got some it's got some visual similarities and a few um, very direct nods towards Twin Peaks, but really it's not it's not a police procedural. It's not about solving a mystery particularly. It's a kind of character study of two interesting characters told in a, in a strange, silent way, but it's not a particularly good game or an in, or an even particularly interesting game. I think I think it were sort of <clears throat> you, know, you mentioned like a lot of critics are really up on it. Mm. Do you think the fact that you love procedural the procedural genre so much meant you were sort of presupposed to be a bit disappointed that it didn't yeah, maybe. out I mean, as being... Yeah, I mean, there could be an element of that. I mean, the game was... All the trailers and pre-release stuff were, like, rebuilding up this thing mm. about and Boy's Gone Missing, where is he, kind of thing. But that's sort of drifts into the background a bit, that case. Um, and even in, like, Twin Peaks, like, David Lynch has said that the Laura Palmer's death was just a catalyst to reveal the secrets of the people in the town. Yeah. 
it wasn't that important, but then it became the focus by the press, and they were like, that became what people were more interested in because you know everyone loves a who'd done it. Um, so um, he, yeah, <clears throat> once they resolved that, they had yeah. to rely on the Ben Horn Civil War reenactment plotline <laughs> yeah. that everybody loves. Yeah, so there's much. like seven episodes of absolute <laughs> aimless madness, and then Windermill comes in and it gets some focus again and yeah. gets really good again. But yeah, it's like so the Twin Peaks that don't go in expecting like a sort of. Um, mm you role-playing as a sort of Agent Cooper figure going in and, and, you know, uncovering some... You uncover some, like, sinister stuff in the town. The town's called Kingdom. It's in Virginia. Um, and there's, like, a there's a map, you know, on the, the title screen. There's a really beautifully drawn map of the town, you mm. know. And I thought, oh, cool, I'm going to get to know this place geographically. I'm going to be, like, well, I'm going to visit the diner and get a sense of it as a place. But the the way the game cuts between instantly between locations, you don't get a sense of it as a as a space, you know. Uh, you know when you when you watch Twin Peaks, you know to reference that again because the game does, so I can. Yeah, as you get a sense of the layout of the town, you know, and where people where things are and the establishing stocks, yeah, and, shots and yeah, yeah. Whereas this is kind of just like you hop between these sort of buildings and locations. And, Do they not even start with a long pause while the camera lingers on traffic lights over and <laughs> no. over again? There's a yeah, some the dream sequences are there's some brilliant bits in those where that's quite genuinely unsettling and, and quite well done. Um, the mu- and again, the music adds to that, and mm. there's some weird imagery. But then the they just get a bit, uh, a bit self-consciously weird towards the end, and it all, yeah, it all starts going a bit eyes wide shut and a bit mad. But, um, yeah, it's, so it's an interesting thing, some artistically interesting, um, a visual and musical uh, accomplishment, I think. Um, but just yeah, it just kind of loses its way a bit, and it it tells it tries to tell too big a story, I think, in a quite a short running time as well. It's like three hours. It took me, and uh, it didn't establish enough things to then go wild with them and with the symbolism. So I needed some more time to get to know what was ha- what was going on. But um, some people have, you know, I give it seventy something. I think it's, it's you know it's a good game, but it's not maybe what it promised and maybe not what people were expecting but some people have given it like tens and nines and said it's a, a revelation a you know a new form of storytelling but i don't agree with that <laughs> <laughs> sounds a lot like that like 30 flights of loving is an interesting comparison point i think the difference is 30 flights is 10 minutes long yeah so that lack of agency isn't necessarily a problem for 30 flights um and i think there's so much potential in that time skip mechanic where in video games because you're a person in a world and you have to get around it at the speed of a person in a world yeah. like plot points have to be stretched by travel time in yeah. really unnatural ways that you would never you know purposefully do if you were trying to tell, tell a story yeah. you wouldn't create an episode of Star Trek and actually watch Picard walk between <laughs> yeah. all of the locations on the yeah. Enterprise right um, so the, the, this kind of time skip mechanic lets you get uh, pace stories in much more accessible ways yeah. but it's, it's interesting to see that uh, chip away at the the actual interactive game element of it. It feels yeah. like there must be a sweet spot there to hit. Yeah, because like Picard, you know, taking the turbo left down to engineering would be boring in a TV show, but in a game that stuff can be valuable for creating a sense of place mm. where you get to know the location by actually walking around. And Whereas this, yeah, I think... Yeah, it, like, it, I, even TV shows never really just cut from place to place. Like there is some sort of establishing scene where it's like, you know, exterior of this place, we're going to give a sense of yeah. where it is in the town and then we move into the action. Yeah, and, it yeah. doesn't really do that this at all. It's a lot of interiors and a lot of sharp cuts mm. to the interiors. But it, there's some nice details like when you first go to visit your partner, Halperin, to introduce yourself. It's a really long walk. Even with the cuts, it's a long walk down to the basement of the FBI building, which is a an X-Files reference and it, it wordlessly tells you that 
the FBI thinks of Hal Prynne as someone they want to keep out of the way, and yeah, that's yeah. why they've got you spying on her. And that is a great bit of, you know, even though it's cribbed from the X-Files, it's a great bit of uh, visual storytelling. You know, it reveals something about the character. When you go all the way down, you're walking down, like, five flights of stairs for, like, a flickering light corridor, and you're like, where am I going? And you're like, it's her office. That was, that was cool. It does some that's, cool yeah, tricks like really that. Um, but, yeah, I, it's... It's it's only um, it's only seven quid. Um, okay. It's very cheap. I mean, well, relatively cheap. Um, it's short, but you're going to get seven quid's worth of intrigue and interest out of it, but you're not going to get... You, you, you have to prepare for it being a very hands-off experience. You're not going to be doing much. You're going to be watching things occur mm. and with the illusion of you... Uh, interfering with them but you're not really so yeah it's it's interesting it's yet another weird interesting game i've been given to review um it was hard to put a number on i, I don't even know if i agree with the score anymore <laughs> but you know <laughs> it's too late now it's in yeah just print. read the copy and then yeah judge from that <laughs> the reviews on the website now if you want to yeah. hear these thoughts in a more coherent form and that's virginia there's virginia all right Tom, you've been playing Everspace. Yeah, Everspace. It's, what, what's Everspace? It's a kind of... Uh, it's one of those games where you start over and over again and try and make it to the end, uh, but each time you kind of get a little bit of experience or stuff that lets you improve yourself and improve your so chances. So carries over to the next life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so I know it, roguelike isn't the right description for it anymore, even though that's the term a lot of people kind of... Yeah, let's call, call it roguelike because it'll infuriate someone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah. You know the kind of game I mean. Uh, and you, you are a spaceship um, hmm? and okay. you're flying around and the trailers made it look like this astonishing kind of high octane, like dogfighting all the time and flying through huge kind of shipwrecks and missiling things. And that's about 15% of the game. And all the rest of the game is go up to a rock and shoot the rocks to get rocks out of the rock. No! <laughs> uh, or go into the gas cloud and just sit still in the gas cloud to absorb the gas cloud. I can see why you didn't put that in the trailer. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> like, it, it made it look like a, a really exciting combat game. Combat, yeah. shipwrecks, gas collection. Wow. And there's a, like, there'll be an asteroid and there'll be a, a little kind of butthole-type mechanical butthole on it, and it'll half out a little bubbles of gas that you can also pick up every now and then. <laughs> what? It's the strangest sense of a <laughs> Um It's really weird when you see it. It's like it's quite weird. Uh, but yeah, so every time you go into like you're on a star map, like it's, uh, a series of locations that will lead you to um, the, a big warp gate that will send you to like the next tier of challenge, which will then be another kind of three or four stages to the next challenge. And it's a bit like FTL in the way that it presents you with the map, and there are little, these little nodes that you can flip between to get mm. to the, the end point. Each time you arrive in a new zone, you basically scan it and it will highlight all of the points of interest. The trouble is that it's, at this stage, it's just entered early access. All the points of interest are not interesting. Uh, <laughs> it is just, Interesting uh, things, TB, TBC. TBD. To be, to be added, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it'll be like the best things you can find are science boxes where you go up and it's just a box floating in space and you shoot the box and it. it Baths out like a, a science engine upgrade <laughs> or, a, or a gun upgrade, yeah, or something. And um, you have to compare it, and it's like, oh, sometimes it's better than your weapons, sometimes it's not as good, in which case you can salvage it for scrap. And uh, the basically, like, it's 85% really tedious item gathering, yeah, and just pouring those resources into your ship to make it uh, give it better defenses, let you kind of go to a new system so you can shoot new science boxes and get weird space gas from new places. Um, 
And it's, yeah, occasionally you fight some space pirates who will attack you. There are also like, NPC ships that will just like grazing cattle just in the area, just there. And if you shoot them, they'll turn against you, But and you can potentially shoot them up and get upgrades from them. But basically, it's never worth it because the, the worst thing that could ever happen to you is you get damaged because then you have to spend resources on fixing your ship instead of banking it and mm. getting it into upgrades. So the whole thing is just uh, incentivizes you to go to a new place, pick up the boxes, mine the rocks, then go to the next place, pick up the boxes, mine the rocks. You're not selling it to me. And so on. And so on. <laughs> uh, I put it for 10 minutes and it, uh, I didn't get by past the tutorial, but it's very pretty, isn't it? It's beautiful. So isn't it Unreal 4? Yeah. It's got some amazing like yeah, clouds, just, gas clouds. Lovely. And just... <laughs> really detailed gas pops. Yeah. yeah <laughs> lovely. Um, and Volumetric. Like, sometimes it's like fuck. cackling electric storms and stuff. Like it looks amazing. Yeah. And the, the, the combat looks and feels great as well. Like your ship's really nimble and you can just boost around enemies and your missiles feel really nice when they home in and hit things. Do you do and, first uh, and third person as well? Yeah, you can. You can flip that <clears> between those at will. And um, it, it just feels great. It feels really, really good as a kind of arcade combat shooter. Uh, it's just that isn't the focus of the game at all, really. Uh, and it, it, you know, it feels like uh, a lot of these kind of progression mechanics have just been borrowed without thinking about the fantasy of the game. Mm. So the, the fantasy of the game is that you're a cool spacecraft fighter and you're exploring a galaxy full of enemies that you can shoot up. It's not like, oh, it's not Minecraft. It's it, Minecraft isn't even like that. Like, it's, it's there's so many progression systems that are about hitting rocks to get rocks to make your rock hitting skill better. I just don't want to be doing that in a space fighter game. Yeah. It's just a weird thing to attach Why was it that. like it was really high in the um, Steam charts? You think it's because of how nice it looks? Yeah, definitely. And it's because the, like the, you watch the trailer and it looks fucking amazing. It looks, yeah. Like, yeah. It looks like the second coming of Free Space, but you know, <laughs> easier to play and more yeah. and prettier. Uh, and it's, I just got into it and I was really disappointed by it. Uh, and uh-huh. it, again, to reiterate, it is only just in early access, so there's a lot of kind of tuning to be done. Um, but I think it's worth talking about in case... Uh, anyone who m- makes it is listening. <laughs> yeah. so maybe like they can tweak it a little bit to be more about the exciting. Part. Or if anyone saw that trailer and thought, oh, maybe yeah, I'll exactly. get that. Yeah, yeah. Be warned that it's a lot of sitting in gas actually, clouds. Yeah, I mean, I'll write this this afternoon when I get back to my desk. But basically, just be warned that it's actually secretly a game about mining and not really a game about yeah. super happy it's action about, combat. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, it's disappointing, especially when they've done such a good job of make uh, of making it look so good. And yeah. The weapons feel really nice. Yeah, it sounds like the combat is really good when you get to do it. Yeah. But you've got like uh, a late energy weapons and a minigun and there's a mechanic where you strip shields with the energy weapons and flip to a minigun to finish them off that's quite that's quite like nice. elite style yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just uh, it's very accessible it's, there's no kind of en- en- you know energy management yeah. the flying's not um, it's not like a it's simulation no it's like not elite, physics. But, yeah. it's just like it's like f- flying um, it's, it's arcade physics really yeah. it's just you know your ship just goes in the direction you point it and there's no kind of momentum. It just feels really uh, fluid and uh, reactive. The controls are really nice. Uh, but yeah, hopefully it becomes more a game about that and less game about the, all the other stuff. Yeah. I kind of want to be fi- finding more interesting stuff as well. Like Some of the prefab asteroid kind of mining facilities that you fly to look kind of really cool. Mm. But because they are there just to barf out gas at you <laughs> and sometimes to hide science boxes inside them uh, and sometimes there'll be like a oh it's just like uh, I've got bad flashbacks to uh, No Man's Sky you know when you're just yeah. shooting rocks and the rocks are flying out into your face and I don't know how that even works it's just do that all the time but as a spaceship it's like, oh, man, I don't play that game does yeah. anyone still play No Man's Sky? No, I, I've, I've never played No Man's Sky it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. weird that that game is sort of 
and no one's talking about it including the people that make it whereas like sean murray hasn't tweeted for over a month now and it's all gone a bit a bit yeah. quiet on the no man's sky front i I, I got I, I did how long did you guys play it for i played it end? for about four hours and then just stopped running. about you did zero you hours 20 20 hours for me mm. which seems to be the point for a lot of people but they're like eh, nah. yeah that's yeah. what a shame after all that yeah and after all that fuss yeah yeah but yeah so everspace is not it's more like a ftl kind of roguelike thing it's not a space sim that the trailer might make you think it is yeah, it's well, it not, sounds like it's not an action game. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's um, not much of it is an action game. When the action happens, it's quite exciting. Yeah, but um, it's not the focus of the game. Sam's Sam's been on this tip before, but it does feel like all crafting systems are garbage and need to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's true. Really. Maybe action's cool. You know, you know that period where everyone got really down about guns being in games <laughs> and how yeah. games shouldn't be about killing. Maybe games should just be about killing. Yeah, <laughs> we're over that now. I think maybe that's what's we? cool. Yeah, <laughs> like shooting stuff is a really exciting interaction because there are, there are lights and sounds yeah. and explosions yeah. and there's something kinetic and very interactive about it and there's a skill element to it. Whereas you know, pre- pressing a button on a menu to make a slightly bigger laser is to absorb yeah. an asteroid's gas pop. It's completely yeah. tedious. It's and, not. Uh, it's really really bad. When you start thinking about what guns can shoot and, uh, other than bullets, feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Game when you go around with the poetry. feelings, Ray. <laughs> a gun that shoots poetry. Nice. That's Streams cool. of lyrical poetry Genius. flows out of a Gatling gun. Nice. To what yeah. effect? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're in like a grey society that's become, you know, art has been outlawed like an equilibrium <laughs> and you have to go there with a, a Gatling gun that fires poetry. Yeah, like like an equilibrium, even their guns just fired bullets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the major flaw of that film. It's boring. We've, all, we've shot many bullets. Yeah. I want to shoot other things. Uh, Sean they, Bean was like, no more bullets. <laughs> I just want to read this book, please. <laughs> Going to the game, shoot poetry at the rocks, get rocks out of the rock. Yeah. Well, shoot yeah, shoot yeah, poetry at, is it, was it Christian Bale? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, shoot poetry at Christian Bale until he cries. <laughs> And you win. <laughs> floating a poetry cloud, absorbing the poetry. And then, yeah. yeah. So w- wait and see how that one develops. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should make that. If the devs are listening, there's a couple of ideas right there. <laughs> yeah. Free game on. ideas, a new yeah. regular feature on this podcast where oh, we yeah. give free game ideas to developers. <laughs> All right. Um, we, we do have a few questions. What, what time are we running off? Should we, should we have a few questions? A couple of tweets? Yeah, why not? Eh? Go on then. Uh, so, Tarek Musa asks, "Why did Poland not make their stamps bathroom, Geralt?" Which is a very important question. We should write a letter to the ambassador to Poland and 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 demand to know why. Yeah, just as just see what they say. Yeah, what are you why doing? Are you like... We demand an official statement <laughs> yeah. on this matter. We, I want this debated in your the parliament. Government. Yeah, your yeah. parliament. Um, <laughs> I was quite happy. Was it Chris Livingston who did the news post on our site, which was basically, this is an outrage. <laughs> I know I know, you're not put, meant to put politics in your news reporting, <laughs> but I think that was like the the good exception. <laughs> oh dear. Tub Garrett fans might be, might be getting a surprise soon. And if let's, you see game of shape form, let's not, no more. let's not promise anything. We're not asking I'm not promise, why I said might. <laughs> There might be a Tub Garrett related fun time to be had soon, but maybe not. But maybe not. That's no, that was an exciting prospect. But probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, when will we ever let that joke die? Yeah, never. I don't think it's already died. But if you keep <laughs> saying it, it's like oh, I'm, a, I'm going to visit CD Projekt Red next mm. month, and I'm going to 
I'm going to ask them about it, mm. what they think about it, and see if I can see any pictures of Tub Garrett pinned up around their office, <laughs> which I'm dreaming it is. Yeah. That's a good really nice, actually. Uh, uh, there's, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't read that was by. Uh, someone asking how our podcast compares to Crate and Crowbar. Um, no comment. They're both I guess. about PC games. <laughs> so, in that, in that respect, they both similar. star Tom Senior. <laughs> yeah. And uh, has Chris Lesson been on them? He has yeah, a couple a of times. times. Yeah. We we need we need Chris on more. I think. Um, couple of people asking, what's the refund policy for the Oculus Rift like? <laughs> uh, following today's news, which you now have to talk about, yeah. uh, which is that Palmer Lucky, uh, let's get this right, he's uh, found to have funded uh, a group creating anti-Hillary Clinton memes. Yes, correct, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Putting yeah. all that wealth to good use. It's spending money, spending money on memes. Yeah, you get a deleted Reddit post from him that says something like "memes are like magic." Yeah, it's like no, <laughs> memes God. are dumb images. Twenty sixteen's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid year! Yeah, what a silly year. They'll, Somebody they'll wipe out, this year out of the record books in like twenty years' time. They'll be like, twenty sixteen didn't happen. It was just a joke year. Somebody did point out, and I apologize for not knowing who this is, uh, but that. Um, it's it's a fairly sound marketing strategy for somebody heavily invested in VR to actively spend money making the real world a worse place. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few people saying this today. Yeah, he's trying to make turn the world into a dystopia so more people will want to escape into VR. So it's a long, it's a long, long play. He's playing it? the long, long, long game there. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, British dude asks, "What are you guys more hyped for, Space Hulk, Deathwing, or Dawn of War 3? <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Dawn of War 3, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dawn of War, I guess. Yeah, Dawn of War 3, I've played it and it was good. Um, <laughs> Deathwing, I'm hoping, is good, uh, but there's just it's roller dice, basically. It's basically, any. of War, one, four, yeah, games that have been made. Any non war, any non relic Warhammer game really just needs to prove itself. Like, yeah. you, you can't make any assumptions on the quality because so many have been bad now. Uh Oh god, James Vokes asking, "Have you reviewed a game then later found out you were playing it wrong? Mm-hmm. Did you change the review, or is it the game's fault?" No, I don't think I, I don't think it's that's ever happened. Is it possible to play a game wrong? Well, when I drive backwards for the entirety of Forza Horizon, <laughs> yeah, you give it thirty percent, and when this is rubbish, oh, you never it was too hard. <laughs> you always lose races. Yeah. And you can't really go back and change reviews once they're printed. Yeah, I mean, if if it's made, it's print. Like, if you find out you've played it wrong before you publish, you probably would change it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, if you put it on some dead tree, then that's it. That's the law, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Or, or if you put it on the internet and have a sensible reviews policy where you can't just change scores <laughs> yeah, yeah. randomly for no reason. <laughs> no one does that, though. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, just scroll past the garbage ones. Phil's scrolling through his phone. This is a real-time question. Yeah. Harvest, usually we print them out beforehand, but we're doing it in real, real, time. real time. It's real time, yeah. and that means... Uh, Lots of umming and... Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Bears Zerk Coding asks, how does one learn to enjoy strategy games more? <laughs> <laughs> this one's... Yeah, Andy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. long-time listeners will know that I always get my phone out and start talking about strategy games. Yeah, they're not, they're not my bag. So I'm not the right man to ask. Is is there a way to learn to enjoy them more? I don't know. I think if if you're having to learn to have fun, maybe the fun isn't there. Mm. 
Yeah. It's, it's hard. There are some games where, like Tall Fortress, where I no longer have to put some work in in order to unlock the fun there, but I understand that there is fun at the end of it. Yeah. If you just don't enjoy telling little dudes to go and kill things, <clears> then, you know, there's probably no point at which the RTS is going to become fun. If it's something like Civ, you could maybe set yourself a goal. Like, mm. go, I want to achieve this certain thing in this certain way. Set your own meta goals. Mm. That's a way to enjoy those types of games. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, <clears throat> I guess it depends on the RTS you try. Like I've been planning out a feature kind of intro to RTS games. Like here are the ones to try if you're completely new. Mm. So these ones are just really playable and nice. Like Age of Empires Two, it's just anyone can play that. And it's Homeworld. Fun. And and like further down the line, the hard ones like Homeworld, which is really hard. Um, it's like oh, if you're looking for a, create a challenge, go play this. It's really beautiful, but also really challenging. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a kind of slightly scale. So I you can I'm, make things easier for yourself, but. Yeah. It's yeah. probably okay not to like yeah, some just, genres. Yeah, sure. yeah. Just you know, just don't play them. I think StarCraft 2's campaigns are some of the kind of yeah. slickest modern uh, RTS campaigns, and very good yeah. at introducing yeah. you to how to play RTS. Does introduce you very slowly and yeah. nicely, very slick, and you know, there's there's a cigar smoking redneck there to yeah. to enjoy if that's your thing. <laughs> Uh, what are your favourite radio stations in Euro Truck Simulator 2? And do you I use can't. manual parking? <laughs> Asks Philip Foster. Well, I got, uh, by far, the greatest radio station is Nostalgie Rock, which is a French station. And honestly, it is non-stop bangers. <laughs> it never plays <laughs> a bad after, song. Hit after hit. And, yeah, there's no adverts either. That's a, the plague of a lot of radio stations on that. There's adverts. This, you just get a Frenchman going, Nostalgie Rock. And then it just plays another song, and it, they're all amazing. It's like all it's like you know classic rock, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s, a bit of 90s, and it just plays non-stop bangers. So next time you're driving somewhere, even if you're not in France, <laughs> bang on nostalgia rock, and you'll have. And it's all great trucking music as well. You know, it's like um, Bachman Turner Overdrive and Deep Purple and stuff like that. And like, yeah, nostalgia rock is the shiz. Nice. And, uh, and no, I don't use manual parking. I just pet return so I can get on with more driving because I, I find it tedious. I do, I, I've tried manual it's parking boring. a few times. It's so boring. It depends on the layout. Like you Sometimes like you're beep, like, yeah, I can just beep. swing that in. And sometimes yeah. you get that thing where you're like, well, if I turn right here and then your truck ends up like upside down and diagonal and you're like, well, how does physics work anymore? Yeah. That's, Forget that. Just press return and imagine <laughs> your, your guy did it. Role play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Suspend your disbelief. That's a good question. I like that one. Yeah, that was a good one. Who was that from? Um, that was from Philip Foster. Thank you for that one. Mm. Makes me want to go trucking and listen yeah, to Nostalgia right. Rock tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> like, gee, that has <laughs> reminded me about the radio stations in Forza Horizon, which, again, are all manned by shithoes. <laughs> yeah. it's, they're the worst, the loudest, most obnoxious people, apart from one, who is the Classic FM DJ, <laughs> yeah. who is kind of like an elderly Australian man who is very well spoken and quiet and doesn't really understand what's happening to his country <laughs> right now yeah. and he's amazing because he's just like I've been asked to tell you about skill points <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant I'm going to unlock that one because you have to unlock them don't you yeah you've, you've got to um, yeah you've got to license them or whatever you do two at a time with so I mean it doesn't it's only a couple of hours and you've got them all and then yeah. the rest of the game but that's yeah it's, it's pretty good uh, yeah a selection of classical music in a man going yeah um, <clears throat> you get double skill points for this song uh, which will be like the spikes are through straw or something yeah. you know um and I don't know what a skill point is, but hopefully that means something to you. <laughs> is that it? 
Is that a question? Uh, that is all the ones. questions that I'm going to read out. Okay. Uh, so that will be us for this week. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. We've got a magazine out right now with Gwent on the cover. That's not even this issue's magazine that I just picked up. Okay. Um, and yeah, got a very detailed feature about the Witcher 3 spin-off card game. Uh, as well as some other stuff. Andy, what, what else is in the feature? In the um, issue? Making of Fort Frolic. The making of Fort Frolic. From Bioshock, mm. from the man who led the creation of it, Jordan Thomas. He has some anecdotes about um, about making that and some revelations about Sander Cohen, the character, and the philosophy behind the level and stuff like that. That's cool. I've, uh, I went to the Relic and played Dawn of War 3 and mm-hmm. wrote about it. Uh, and the weird unit that is a giant mech driven by twin spirits, one of them living and one of them dead. So read all about that and giant lasers. That I probably wrote something as well, but yeah, it was a long time ago and I remember it being particularly harrowing. <laughs> so that's enough of that. Um, if you'd like to follow us on the Twitters, you can do that. I'm at Octader. That's O-C-T-A-E-D-E-R. I'm at Ultra Brilliant. I'm at PCG Ludo, which is Ludo. And you can follow the entire team at, at PC Gamer, um, along with about a million other people. So don't even bother adding that account because no yeah. one will see it. It's carnage in the <laughs> If you do want to get in contact with the podcast to ask a question, uh, maybe email PCGamer at futurenet.com. Uh, subject line podcast. Subject line podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's always a good one. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can also leave us reviews on iTunes. I've not, not asked for one of these for a while. But that means we've not had one for a while. Yeah, just one person needs to do it. I just want to see one new review, and yeah. I'll just be like, "Yeah." Even if you don't like it, just give us that sweet review. Just give us a sweet review. Yeah, <laughs> we need it. We, we feed on. Them. We need this validation yeah. to go on. Uh, or you can tweet other people with the hashtag PCG Podcast. That'd be good too, yeah. I guess. Just let people know that we're here and rambling into microphones. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank mm-hmm. you.